Hi everyone, it's Joachim Akran, your host of the Elite Game Developers Podcast. A podcast about the entrepreneurs and investors who are building the games companies of the future. This is the second episode uh, where I'm talking with Elad Levy, who is the founder and CEO of Dive, who are a game analytics provider uh, working with a lot of free, free-to-play studios, including a lot of Roblox game developers. In this first episode, which came out in August, we talked with Elad about embracing data in gaming. Now in this second part, we'll focus on being data-informed and how game studios should start using analytics. But before we go to this episode, here's a few words from our sponsors. At Pollen VC, we provide mobile app and game developers revolving lines of credit, enabling you to borrow up to four times your monthly revenues with simple and transparent pricing. As part of our commitment to the ecosystem, we also provide a suite of free tools and resources to improve financial literacy, helping studios make the most informed decisions when it comes to finance. And that's why we've been named Best Service Provider in this year's Pocket Gamer Mobile Game Awards. Visit pollen.vc to learn more. Are you a mobile game developer who's looking to try something new on the ad creative side? My top pick would be influencer-generated content, IGC, by Opera Event. Influencers and actors will make specific content from your games and Opera Event will deliver you high-quality video ads that highlight the best parts of your game. Go to getigc.com to see some examples. That's getigc.com. Double-clicking on the whole live ops thing here a bit, like I wanted to touch base on it a bit more. Like, how do you see sort of like a team running live ops? What is sort of like the characteristics there, and how do they use the data then? Live ops people are very similar to marketing people in a way. From our experience, and by the way, Platy guy is really really good with data and live ops. So. Um, it, it's kind of like marketing people that, you know, they have a calendar and they're basically uh, looking for ways or like ways to leverage more, more content or game events or keeping it interesting for the players, you know, making it fun. Uh, okay, yeah. so what do we have this month? We have Halloween, we have 4th of July, let's do Lazy Sunday, let's do, thank God it's Friday, you know, um, so it's, it's game events. And um, um, they they coordinate everything. They are they need to coordinate. They are they need to coordinate. You know, with 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 the other teams that everything is is working. They need to evaluate how did this event uh, did it work or not. What what is work? Is it more revenue? Is it more conversion? Maybe it's like a conversion event. You know, let's let's segment all the non-paying users and make this huge event only for the non-paying users to try and convert them, you know? Mm. That can be yeah. like a nice event. Let, let's see if we can take only the top of the top, like, let's say, you know, the best players out there and see if we can maximize their, uh, their revenue with them with this weekend event and opening content only for them. I mean, because you are a blah, blah member, uh, we are opening that content for you, for example, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they're like yeah, endless. Uh, 
possibilities, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like then, like just, you know, diving deeper here on the analytics side of, of live events, how do you tie back into the analytics to sort of make that right decision when you're running live ops game? So, I mean, you really need to control the, the game economy and make sure that you have uh, visibility into that and and that it's segmented. Uh, yeah. uh, that's like, a, this is, I think, the, the, the basic stuff. Now, yes, for example, there is a game event. You need to notify your audience uh, through, I don't know, email, push notification, Discord, whatever. So you can measure, for example, I don't know, the click-through rate there or the funnel, or let's say that you are doing a live ops event for, I don't know, let's, let's say you are activating dormant users. So you can see, okay, how many of the dormant users came back? So data like is a tool that LiveOps uses all the time. And most of the time, by the way, it's not necessarily dashboard that they use. They, it's like specific questions that they answer the business, like the data analysts. And hey, I mean, we did this and that. How did it affect revenue from that segment is higher? Did they play more? Did they came back? Did they come back? back um, or if they do an A-B testing, they want to see like the results. So data is always there. And I mean, if, if the data is not accurate, you cannot make, I mean, doing live ops is impossible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely can relate to that. Uh, then on the A-B test side, I think that's always been sort of a, a interesting area for, area for me. I often in my career, bumped into people who who felt that A/B testing can be hard, since you'd need to run, you know, enough big enough cohorts of players long enough to have this statistical significance with your results. Like, what's your take on this whole statistical significance of uh, testing something simple in a mobile game? I think it depends on the volume and the and the size of the game, because big games like with that have stable traffic, they can optimize for that, I know, half percent, one percent, whatever. Games in early stage don't have a lot of volume and the volume that they have is usually very noisy because there's, you know, the marketing channels is still all over the place. So I would expect like a bigger difference there when they test something and when they do like an A-B test. It's, it's two different things. Um, Another interesting thing about A-B testing is that many times you you don't really know what will happen as a result of the A-B test. (laughs) And I mean, you say, okay, uh, let's do the basic stuff. I know more revenue, more engagement, more this, more that. And then let's say it's a matchmaking game. And as a result of the A-B test, for some reason, that population started making more matches. Why? I don't know. Let's dig into the data and see what what happened there exactly. You know, let's, let's try coming up with with new assumptions. We that's the way for for us. A/B testing is something that um, the way we do it in Dive is we we tag we basically paint the session and then and then you can do whatever you want with that session. You can check if it affected revenue. You can check if it affected retention. You can check if it affected I don't know something related to the core loop, maybe they upgraded more, maybe they bought, you know, maybe they used like consumed a specific item more. You don't, I mean, you don't really know, to be honest. 
you, you can have an assumption, but sometimes, you know, when you launch it, things change. It's, it's actually normal. Yeah, makes sense. Thinking about the, the adoption of live ops in mobile, like, are there any specific genres that you like uh, that do, do it really well as like for the audience to sort of like pick up some games and, and start learning? I think that social casino, the, the live ops part is pretty aggressive. And I mean, you can learn a lot from, from the way they operate. And casual games as well, by the way. And it's also very notable. Like the, the ones that have more of a basic mechanic, uh, they need to invent more interesting content or you know events to to make it fun for the players. So I know they do a daily wheel or a weekend chest or you know like a special yeah. tournament tournament or uh, which is very different if you take an I know an MMO or an or a strategy game. I, I, I don't know if those things will click in the same way. Also, those games have more depth. So the, the events there are more complicated. You cannot just, I don't know, hand out weapons <laughs> that will screw up the game balancing completely. You know, this yeah, weekend yeah. we're handing like, <laughs> it will mess up the game completely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you, you, can, you can really go down also the, the rabbit hole of, doing sales uh sales is is actually simple i mean because because if the economy is healthy if the game economy is healthy then it will normalize itself if it's not then you will start having crazy inflation in the game and then people will either churn or stop buying and that's a completely different time yeah yeah they start waiting for the next sale to happen yeah good (laughs) hey i wanted to ask you also like before like like your your sort of like interest in in analytics and your passion. Like, what are some of the areas that you are most passionate about when it comes to understanding games with analytics? Um, so I I mean I I like things that are more related to the game balancing economy, uh, the progression system, uh, the content consumption, the churn points. This is like stuff that I personally really like because you know it's like the, the the guy the game designer like the game economy designer you know writes this excel and like okay i mean <laughs> the play time is this and that you know level five will take him this and that <laughs> and then you know some crazy player like consumes all the content in like two days <laughs> so i know yeah i mean <laughs> so for me it's like really interesting to uh, to see, to kind of validate those assumptions. I mean, I assume that it's a lot of experiments, you know, a lot of iteration. I assume that, you know, it will take them. Sometimes I sit with game studios and they're like, you know, D7 drops really fast I, from D1. And I don't understand one. Like the D7 to one relationship is, is um, relation is like super, there's a huge drop. And then we dive into like the content consumption and check, okay, how many sessions does it take? Does it take to reach that point of time? Or what is the total play time? Or what is the amount of days it takes? And you clearly see that <laughs> some people just suck up all the content in like two days. <laughs> you know? So obviously yeah. the retention will suck on this, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then, then you need to, to build sort of like for those 
those like corner cases or you just want to segment your players better to see what what is the sort of like the, the normal case doing in your game exactly the players definitely know the game way better than you <laughs> like way, yeah. way way better than you like way yes. you can play it as much as you want but they like know the game inside out you know they know all the tricks all the nasty stuff they know how to bypass stuff they know everything you know so it's uh, yeah. um and one of the things i really love doing is looking in individual sessions of player mm. this is something yeah. that i really like taking a raw data sessions of let's say a super engaged player and on the other hand someone that churn for example and let's say day zero and and try to see what happened you know what did they do what did you know uh, did they click this did they click that did they how how do they play the game you build something you don't necessarily know how they will play it you know <laughs> yeah yeah there was a this is a bit off topic but like there was a, a recently a founder that I was talking to who was using data in a way that they were just he was bringing in like two dozen players uh in a soft launch build and looking at the players individually going through the experience and it was super fascinating because i haven't heard that those sort of approach that often that people would you know genuinely look at one user going through the path so it was it was pretty fascinating we, we used to do that a lot uh, also in my previous company and today also from time to time we we dig into specific sessions to see to see what they do for example let's say that let's say that they play every day for like hours and they don't buy how is it possible <laughs> yeah i mean how is it possible i mean i mean something doesn't make sense what what are they doing are they just logging in and logging out i mean it's it's really fascinating to see those sessions because it 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 gives a ton of insight on 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 how they interact with your product and that's why i'm saying that you cannot treat i mean someone who churned in the fatui you know maybe he churned because i don't know something was not clear the device there was a problem but and and then on the other hand someone that is playing like obsessively those people would probably end up paying or generating revenue in ads or or something of that sort so you should study them because it's 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 a it's a product market it's a game market fit by the end of the day and you need to find more people like that you know if you want to scale yeah. we've been talking about the game economy sort of like the game progression like one topic that's really fascinating i, I think we could still double click on which, which is the churn points where the players launch the game and that was their last session <laughs> like uh <laughs> what what would be your suggestion for a game developer who's launched a new game and could have a first stab at that kind of data so let's say that let's say that the core loop is fun and then you're you're going to the next step of you know focusing more on balancing and game economy and see what happens over time you know over 14 days over 28 days not not all games are like that by the way if there is like a level progression system then it's easy because um i i always i like giving this example let's say me and you we both started playing at the same day i play four hours a day you play 10 minutes a day so after seven days the you know the 
uh, my level will be way higher, obviously, because it should be tied in a way to play time, right? Like XP, call it whatever you want. Unless you really suck and you, <laughs> you cannot level up. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you play yeah. four hours a day and you cannot level up, which is also a possibility. But, you know, over time, in theory, your skill should improve, right, in the game. So if there is some sort of a level mechanism, it's easier because then you can see if there are specific levels that, that people churn. Maybe there's like, a, like an economy wall. Maybe a specific level is like, because the, the churn should be a slope that every time, you know, the majority of the people will churn in the beginning and then less and then less and then less and then less, and then less you know, like, because the, the funnel goes, uh, goes down. So if there's levels, it's easier to, to measure uh, that churn. If not, then some sort of a progression, maybe it's an MMO and there are milestones, you know, that you need to reach this world or that endpoint. And then, and then what we do in that case, we build the game as, as like this huge funnel. Imagine, imagine Fetui, but instead of like, I don't know, 20 steps in an FTV or 50 steps, whatever, imagine the whole game is this huge progression funnel. And then you want to see where people turn. And then analyze why they churned. And yes, maybe checking their last session before they churned. Or, you know, if you are lucky to communicate with them through some sort of a channel, maybe just ask them. Maybe do an A-B test at that level or at that point of time for, let's say, 10% of the population and inject only like something in the game and see what happens, you know? Does Does it change the churn or not? Do you think like... This kind of, um, when you find a pain point, should the team sort of like form a hypothesis around fixing things? Like what is the next steps? What do you think? The next steps will be to, I, you know, I, there, again, there are two channels that I like relying on. One is the community and the other is data. Assumptions, I mean, needs to be validated. <laughs> you, can, you can throw a ton of us. You can say, yeah, they are turning because they're missing this weapon or not. How do you know that? Check it, you know, check it, yeah. you know, activate like, a, a, I know, send them a gift, send them, send them a promotion, segment like a portion of the population at that level, give them something, see what happens, you know, and then analyze the before and after. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. You, you need to test everything. The reality is, is, is that and you cannot, assuming something, you have to assume because you need like some sort of a starting point, right? But then you have to validate it. Totally makes sense. Like thinking about being this fresh team that's just starting, they're building their own own team now. What is your advice for gaming entrepreneurs who have a small team and an interest to get more data out of their game? If it's just the you know the basic APIs, uh, there are great tools out there. You know you can use like you know basic tools, uh, get some basic insights and. And that would be enough, you know, because we have clients that are for over a year in soft launch, you know, there's <laughs> because building amazing games and products is, is hard. It takes time. Polishing yeah. takes a ton of time. Polishing takes more time than the development <laughs> more of most of the time. Yeah. Um, so um, I, I think the majority of the clients that uh, come to us they struggle with either building it in-house or going with us because the, uh, and 
almost all of them are VC backed. Almost all of them are, you know, ex top tier companies. And, and they understand that it's hard, you know, getting deep insight with, with, with like an off-the-shelf tool. You know, they are accustomed to raw data and manipulating raw data and having a data analyst and working with that analyst and, and understanding it, the, what's going on under the hood. So I think it's like the stage at, at which you're at. In the beginning, maybe it's not necessary. Once you start, you know, getting into... Uh, you want to like maximize LTV, you want to, to focus on the D28, on the D60, whatever, you know, you need to start digging into the game, uh, what's happening over time, then yes, you, you need like, you need raw data. You need raw data. Mm-hmm. You would probably need an analyst in-house. Um, and, and, and then it's, it's the big question. I mean, either you build it in-house or, or you can go with us. Makes, makes sense. Like, before we go to the final questions, what can you say about the next steps for Dive? We were built from day one for, for games, and we're all uh, coming from games. And for us, we continue focusing only on games. And uh, it, it, it sounds odd, but maybe not that odd, but the, the, the data problems and the, are, exist also in other industries. Maybe it's not that notable like like games because games are 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 complicated to analyze uh, they, they are the most data intense uh, industry there imagine on the amount of interaction someone makes in a game so there's like in with the very low amount like little amount of players you generate a ton of data so we decided to focus only on games and uh, currently, and we are we love the industry. I'm very passionate about the industry as well, and um, we are planning to to become kind of a uh, of a thought leader in that space when it comes to data and games. So we continue scaling, we continue adding clients, uh, continue adding features to the platform. Uh, at this point, you know the the platform is already mature, so the the features are coming from from the clients. Uh, which is also normal, you know. Hey, we need that. We miss this. We miss, you know, it's completely normal. Yeah. So um, we we are, and we we try to work with, you know, focus on those games you know, or game studios that they have, you know, good teams. They have funding because their success is our success. It's as simple as that. It's you know, and and that's why we uh, we take our time, you know, gaming. Yeah. Well said. Hey. Hey, lad, I have a few final questions for you. And this is one of the questions that I always ask is like, what's your favorite book and why? I read this book the first time, you know, when we built uh, in House of Fun. And um, it's called Good to Great by Gene Collins. Really, really love the book. Really recommend it to every entrepreneur. I think that it, it really captured the essence of, of building successful companies. There is a really nice quote there that says, that goes like, first who, then what? You know, you need to get the right people on the bus. And and it's, it's, it's super important. It's going back to what I said before, you know, finding those amazing people uh, creates that synergy in a company that leads to amazing ideas and 
and and making you um, different from the competition and taking you to to new levels and uh, so so for me this this book speaks about a lot about that and it's something that um, uh, that I recommend anyone. Yeah, yeah, it's really nice. I, I just recently read Jim Collins's latest, the the version two of the Beyond Entrepreneurship. It ah, nice. Also, I didn't read that. <laughs> it's a it's an updated version from his first book, which was like Beyond Entrepreneurship 1.0. So, uh, yeah, it was really really good. Like, do you have a story that has shaped you and how you approach your work today? Um. Yeah, there are. Yeah, there are many stories, but I think that the one which is uh, something that I also uh, like recommending to entrepreneurs, uh, while building House of Fun, uh, we, we had this explosive gro- growth. We had an amazing team. Uh, our market timing was great. And uh, we, we grew just super fast. And, and obviously, the, the temptation to build another game like uh, top you know, you know, like... Hey, we're you know we're doing good. Why not clone it or make another game and make more money? And we didn't do it, thanks God, because um, it. I'm a big believer of of focus, laser focus, and um, be, because once you find some, I mean, it takes time to find something that works. You know, like uh, an, an IP or you know or a specific game. And I think that once you find it, you need to. Uh, maximize on it, you know, squeeze out as much as you can. Take Angry Birds, for example. I say my, my kid is still watching like the movie and it started with the game. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like new movies coming out all the time. And, I mean, look at look at the history of this IP. It started with a game and, you know, o- over all the you know, different devices. Then, you know, now movies, now, you know. So I think you can, by focusing... You, you can achieve a lot. And for me, at least in the beginning, this is super important. You have to put all the energy and focus on, on, on one thing. And I, I've seen it over and over. Um, like uh, a, a group of people with a, with a common goal can, can really achieve great things together. Uh, when, when everyone speaks the same language in the company, when everyone wake up and see the same report, when everyone... Uh, like uh, in, in has like the same uh, north star metric uh, that uh, when everyone are aligned when everyone are on the same page then really amazing things happen and and i think that that laser focus is for me an important it's, it's a super important thing yeah yeah that's really well said hey lad the, the last question is like what's the best way for people to to get in contact with you and perhaps talk about like what you guys are doing at Dive. So first of all, uh, you can reach me at uh, Elad at uh, Dive.games. That's my email and LinkedIn, Elad Levy. And uh, in conferences, there's like those hallway talks, you know, <laughs> what? you know, like the, that was you, last, you, you, last decade stuff. Yeah. Last decade. I know, but, I'm I'm still you know in my mind I'm still like you know imagining that this will ha- go back to normal. I mean we will go back to normal eventually, and uh, yeah. I always end up 
you know, I find myself you know, having a one hour talk with some indie developer. <laughs> just started. Yeah. So conferences are an amazing way to hustle and bother and <laughs> chase people. I think yes, <laughs> they are. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait for them to start again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hopefully, maybe yeah. in January. I don't know. January was a pocket game around always in London. January, maybe that will be the one or March GDC. Who you knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty twenty two is gonna be interesting. Twenty thirty. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Elad, this was really fun. Really enjoyed going through all these topics. Uh, and I, I hope you have a great there, uh, day there. And uh, let's talk soon again. Thanks, Joachim. Thanks. It was great. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and, and keep doing the amazing things that you, you do with your blog and website and those amazing templates that everyone needs when building a game company. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, man. Hey, take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks again, Elad, for coming on the show. If you want to find out more about Elad's company, you can go to dive.games where they tell a lot about what they're doing and how they can help game developers. Before we go, uh, just want to quickly mention iTunes. So if you're listening to this on Apple's podcasting apps, we would really love a review there for elite game developers. So if, if you have a moment, please do that to help our ratings. And that's it for this time. Uh, see you next week. Bye-bye.